0: Hello there, my name is McNeil and you are listening to the McNeil and Friends podcast. Here I invite different people to talk about movies. We talk about movies that are currently playing in the theaters and topics that relate to cinema. If you like this type of content, you can support this podcast by telling your friends. And if you don't have any, you can tell your family. Thank you for listening. What's up, everybody? I'm here with my friend Tucker. Why don't you introduce yourself, Tucker? Hey,
1: everybody. My name's Tucker Wolf.
0: So today we're going to be talking about Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker since it just came out in theaters a little bit over a week ago. Star Wars is a franchise that is important to multiple generations, so we thought it'd be a good idea to sit down and talk about this movie, our opinions on it. And uh, some things that go in behind the scenes of this movie. And then at the end of this, we're going to rank all 11 Star Wars movies. So stay tuned till the end to find out which ones are our favorite and which ones are not our favorites at all. So we're going to get started here talking about The Rise of Skywalker. And I know that you and I have both seen it twice, so our opinions are pretty well formulated at this point. So um, Yeah,
1: I mean, I'd like to see it again to uh, really flesh out what I think is my opinion, but um, Yes. I do have some opinions on it. At this so point.
0: overall, how do you like this movie?
1: I really enjoyed watching this movie both times that I saw it. Um, the second time that I saw it, my opinions changed slightly, and also my opinions were further affirmed.
0: So, what were your original opinions? The I think saw it.
1: I think that uh, I actually really liked the plot of the film. Um, it took me a little bit by surprise, but in a good way, I think. Um, I think one of the big things that's holding it back, though, is it does force you to assume a lot of things from the opening crawl.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I think the one of the main problems with this movie is that it's, it moves really fast because of how much is crammed into this movie. Even like the yeah. really small parts um, of this movie. Like, there's a scene, spoilers, by the way. This podcast is definitely going to have spoilers for this movie if you haven't gathered that already. But yeah, so if um, you have not seen it and don't
1: want it spoiled, you should probably click away.
0: Go see it and then come back to right. listen to this so that way you can hear what we have to say. So, anyway, there's like a little scene where um, our three main characters, Ray, Finn, and Poe, are encountering Lando for the first time. Mm -hmm. And even though it's a small scene, there's some exposition that goes with it. It's still a major thing because you're seeing Lando for the first time. So there's a lot of things like that. There are like these little Easter eggs throughout the movie Mm -hmm. where um, something small is happening, but at the same time, something major is happening within that small scene. And aside from that, there are times where there's just action just moving right all throughout this whole right. movie and then it drops down to something like that that I was just mentioning previously and that's the entire movie so you don't yeah. really have any room to breathe it definitely
1: know? does cram a lot into two hours and 22 minutes that's runtime yep yeah it definitely crams a lot into that time frame but um i don't think that this film really had a choice um It's the bookend of the Skywalker saga, and so I think this movie had to do a lot of things, um, and so it had to move quickly.
0: I definitely agree with that. Um, Overall, I really like this movie as well. I think um, it's my favorite of this sequel trilogy. I agree. I think it's got some of the best moments, even though some things are rushed. Mm -hmm. Um, But I forgive the fast pace of this movie because of... The Last Jedi, and I don't want to bash on The Last Jedi too much on this podcast, but sure, I hate that movie. I wow. really hate that yeah. movie. It is, it is, uh, I guess a spoiler for my ranking, but it is my least favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah. So the fact that this movie is, or not this movie, but the fact that The Last Jedi is my least favorite movie. Uh, really contributes to the fact of me liking The Rise of Skywalker.
1: Yeah, I don't think that fans of The Last Jedi will necessarily be as big of fans of The Rise of Skywalker.
0: Yeah, that's something that's definitely happening. People that liked The Last Jedi and they liked how Ryan Johnson subverted every expectation you had going into that movie uh, will definitely not like The Rise of Skywalker. Well, most likely they won't like The Rise of Skywalker. Right. And then people like... You and I, who did not like The Last Jedi, will probably like The Rise of Skywalker and most likely will be able to see the flaws in the movie, but can forgive them, Yeah, knowing what what this movie had to do.
1: This movie really, to me, felt like um, a fan service movie. It felt like they were trying... I mean, obviously, like I said, it's the last one in the Skywalker saga, and so I think they were trying to fit in a lot of themes and a lot of um, images in order to really, like, wrap up the series in a nice way for fans to be like, oh, that was that was really nice to see that again. Like, uh, to bring back the scene that you mentioned earlier, when they first see Lando in The Rise of Skywalker, the way that he's introduced, he is disguised, um, actually very similar to how Leia is in the original trilogy when she goes to rescue Han Solo. Yeah. And so even just, like, little images like that, um, I think were examples of how J.J. J. Abrams and the cast were trying to give fans just a
0: little pat on the back. I definitely agree with that. So, like you said, a lot of this movie is fan service. Uh, a lot of people have problems with that. And yeah, to me, I don't really understand that because it's like, if you are a fan of Star Wars, you're going to want to see the things that you want to see, mm-hmm. especially if it's done correct. And you know, obviously, some things in this movie... You know, could have been done a little bit better, but you know, I think it worked really well. I think it felt organic, as in it was a sequel to The Force Awakens. Because I'm okay with some things being completely retcon from The Last Jedi, I was sure. totally okay with that. But, um, but yeah, this movie definitely feels like a fan service movie. Yeah, I think
1: um, where people are coming from, uh, when they are not a fan of fan service movies like The Rise of Skywalker. I think it sometimes can feel you said it didn't feel forced, but I think some people would disagree with you there and say that the fan service makes it feel forced and just like they're trying to please us instead of making a quality film. I don't think this movie felt that way. I thought it was a quality film that was also pleasing to fans. Um, but I can see why people would think, you know, they're not doing anything interesting with this. They're just trying to make everybody happy. Uh, yeah. Luckily, I don't think that this movie is a vic- is a victim of that, but, um, yeah.
0: So I think that even though this movie is a lot of fan service, some people might see it as a negative because they liked Last Jedi. But Mm -hmm. for me it's like I felt like my corner of fans of the Star Wars fan base was heard. And we were they were like, We see that you have problems, we see that this did not work for you. Let us fix that. That's kinda how I took that. Like the fans were actually heard, they paid attention and I thought that was interesting because um, sure. that's not something that always happens. Yeah. Obviously, like MCU, completely different. They're doing, for those of you that don't know, that's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But they definitely, like Avengers Endgame, they really provide their service with fans.
1: Yeah. Um, movie, I mean, I do feel a little bad for fans of The Last Jedi. I don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I do feel bad for fans of The Last Jedi because – I think there are a lot of moments in this movie, and you know you can disagree completely with how Luke's character was portrayed in the last Jedi. um and I disagree with how that character was portrayed, but some people don't and if you did like how Luke was portrayed in the last Jedi, I don't think you're gonna enjoy this movie Definitely pretty not. much at all. In fact, I think there were a few moments that were like, man, that was a that was a slap in the face
0: to the last yeah, Jedi. I can think of probably three or four major metaphorical middle sure. fingers, if you will, to yeah, The right. Last Jedi. Like, um, the beginning of this movie opens up with, Palpatine has been pulling the strings this entire time. Yeah. Which, to me, that actually makes sense, because it's like, he was there from the beginning. Right. And he's been there for all these trilogies, so it makes sense. It's kind of like... Um, he serves as the constant villain. He's the guy that's obsessed with the Skywalker lineage.
1: I wish that things like that were explained a little bit more because there's a clip where you see um, when your first Kylo is entering Palpatine's like kind of lair, I guess you could call it on Exegol. And um, in the background, there is like a vat of Snoke heads floating in like yeah. a tub of water like the or whatever. That lo- yeah. Snoke. And yeah. so I would. I would love to have more explanation to things like that. And that's kind of what I was talking about, about how this movie forces you to assume a lot of things. Um, It kind of picks up at a point where I was not ready for. um, I'm able to forgive that now seeing it a second time um, because I think that the movie does what it's trying to do very well, even though it does force you to assume those things. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wish that things like that did have... You know, the light of day to yeah. explain them a little bit
0: better. I think um with Palpatine coming back to me, it makes complete sense because, yeah. like, of course he was prepared if he was defeated by Darth Vader. Like, right. a lot of people are saying this is completely random that Palpatine is back, but it's like it's I been don't over. Agree with that. Yeah, I don't either. It's, it's been over thirty years since Return of the Jedi, and now th- over three decades have passed, and he's showing back up again. And he's like, nah, psych, like, nah, I'm here." You know, he's like, "I've been here the whole time," and it just makes sense for that character because he's always talking about how the dark side of the Force leads to things that are unnatural or something along those lines. And I kind of like how J.J. Abrams decided to leave that open to interpretation because it allows fans to theorize about how Palpatine was there. And I understand if you want to know everything, but I kind of like it being somewhat open-ended even though some things are somewhat explained, you know?
1: Yeah, and I like that actually. I think Palpatine... If I'm not mistaken, which I could be, but I think Palpatine rephrase or he says that line again, almost word for word, that the the dark side of the force is a path to, you know, many unnatural things. Right. Um, and so I think that that is enough of an explanation for at least him coming back.
0: Yeah. And he also talks about in Revenge of the Sith, where he was trained by Darth Plagueis and right. he learned how to was it create life or
1: uh, stop someone from dying essentially? Cause yes, mean, he's trying yeah. to get Anakin to, you know, that's right. See himself, the creating life Padme. was
0: the, uh, the theory that people had or like, mm-hmm. can he, if he can stop people from dying, can he prevent or can he create life? You right. know? So that was the big question there with some theories in that movie. But with all that in mind, that just makes sense to me why he's back, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. I didn't, I didn't really have a problem with that not entirely being explained. Yeah, yeah,
1: no. Um, I, I, I think what I would like to be explained more is like his voice being heard throughout the galaxy. Yeah, um, him being the puppet master. Um, him being every voice Kylo Ren has ever heard inside of his head. Yeah, that's a big leap to make that without any foreshadowing
0: to that. Um, and so I would like to have heard more about that. Yeah, I would agree there. Um, yeah. but speaking of Palpatine, another really big. Middle finger, I guess you could say. Again, sure. to the Last Jedi was that Ray is no longer a nobody. Right. She is definitely somebody, and she yes. is Palpatine's granddaughter. Yeah. So that is definitely a big plot point in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so what do you? How do you feel about that? Um,
1: I thought that that was really interesting. I wish that the movie would have held that information off a little bit better, because um, that is like that's one of the biggest reveals in the whole film. Right. Um, and I saw it coming. Um, not before I started seeing the movie, but as soon as Palpatine says, um, you know, she's not who you think she is yeah. to Kylo. I was like, Oh, okay. I think she's a Palpatine somehow. Um, I didn't know how that relation was formed, but, um, I, I, was able to see that coming. And I think there were a couple moments in the movie that I kind of
0: saw coming. Yeah. I think I know where you're going. It's this. a really predictable. Yeah. I especially noticed. That she was connected to Palpatine in some way. Yes, yes. When her and Kylo Ren were on that planet, the same planet called Pasana. Yeah. And um, she was trying to save Chewie from the First Order. Yeah. And uh, when she's using the Force, which by the way was an epic moment, I thought, like, that oh, was yes. so cool. Oh, like, yeah. as soon as that, that ship takes off into space, or they weren't in space, but they were heading towards space. And she just goes, Yep, nope, you're coming back down and uses the force <laughs> and drags that thing down. And I was yeah. like, Wow.
1: Not to like get too off track, but I think that is probably my personal favorite moment in all of Star Wars thus far. Really? I wow. I loved that moment. It was just it it was so chill inducing yeah. and exciting.
0: I thought it was cool, but I don't know if it's definitely my favorite moment. But yeah, what I was saying about that scene was that when that happens she accidentally uses lightning and as soon as that happened i was like only a sith can do that yeah and the only sith the only sith that's around right now is palpatine yeah right because kylo Kylo ren's not even really a sith lord yet yeah he's i mean he's he's, not quite there he's just kind of
1: a i mean he's definitely he's definitely
0: a force
1: user but he's not a sith he
0: was trained by luke skywalker for a little bit and then yeah uh, he became a I guess now at this point, he's the um, supreme leader. He is, yes. But he's not a Sith. And right. so when I saw her do that, I was like, she's a Palpatine. Yeah. Some way. I don't. I didn't know about granddaughter or how, but she's right. definitely connected to Palpatine. Right. In some way. That was something that I was totally on board with. Especially the way they connected her and Kylo Ren with how they are dyad in the Force. Mm-hmm. Because I had a lot of issues with how they were using their force in The Last Jedi. I was like, yeah. if this is something that they can do, why has this never been done before?
1: Yeah, right. Well, that whole thing with, um, you know, Snoke connecting their minds. Yeah. Um, I guess now we know that that was Palpatine, not Snoke. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. But... um. I think I thought that that was interesting in the Last Jedi. I thought it was executed poorly, unfortunately, but I think this movie does a good job of like correcting the execution on that. And yeah. they do use that um, tool in this movie. Their minds are still connected, but I think it was done in a
0: much more interesting way. Yeah, like I remember leaving the Last Jedi for the first time, and I was not okay with how they were using the Force because it's something that had right. never been done. And then in this movie, when just that one line where Kylo Ren says yeah we are a dyad in the force, yeah, and this is a really rare thing to happen, and this is why we have this really strong connection and I was like, I'm totally on board. that makes sense well, and, and um, that's another criticism that I've seen of this um
1: of this film, which is that you know they're using the force at a level that we have never seen before as an audience, yeah. Um, and I've seen some criticisms of that. That's like, why do they have all these, you know, force abilities that we've never even heard of? And I've ultimately, you know, after some thought, I've decided that I'm okay with that. Then the reason is that I think Kylo and Rey are both using the force at a level that we never thought was even possible. Um, they're the furthest along in whether you want to call it, I guess, the Jedi path or the Sith path, um... And so they do bring a lot of new abilities that you kind of have to be okay with in order to like the movie. Um, But like I said, they're using the force at a level that, you know, we've never thought was possible.
0: Yeah. And some people seem to have a problem with how powerful they are and that they're completely overpowered, kind of like, you know, Superman or Captain Marvel or something like that. And they think that Star Wars has turned into something like that. Sure. With the characters of Ray and Kylo Ren. But... I was okay with the explanation. The issue with other characters that are overpowered is they're not entirely explained. It's just we have to accept that they're powerful, right? And these characters have a legitimate um, explanation yeah. as to why they have a they connection so to each
1: other. I mean, they are—they are, they are a, a point in the force that's you know
0: never been discussed. Yeah, and some people have a problem with. Um, Ray being a Palpatine because it's they wonder when Palpatine had a kid when he had a son.
1: Yeah, I I don't agree with that criticism. I don't
0: I don't either because it's like if he had a son, that makes <laughs> sense. People have kids, yeah. and he his kid isn't the relevant character. It's right. Ray and Palpatine.
1: Yeah, right. Well, and you know, movies and cinema and film in general, even down to just novel writing or anything like that. I mean, the writer has to get as close to the Essential information as possible. So why would we need to know about Palpatine's kids if they didn't matter in the first place? And also, if you look at human history, guess what? Emperors have a lot of kids usually, so yeah. they're emperors. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think that that needs too um, specific of an explanation. Yeah.
0: I don't. I didn't feel the need for a no. A total explanation. No, especially if the parents. parents didn't matter. Yeah. I mean, they matter now, but right. So the two major plot points we've talked about so far are that Palpatine is back as the overarching villain right and Ray is his granddaughter. Yes. What's another big plot point that you think we should discuss? I think um, there's many, but there's definitely some to. yeah, I mean, I think uh, on, a third
1: about. biggest plot point to discuss would be Kylo's turn to the light mm-hmm. side um, near the end of the film and Ray's inner struggle. Which we hadn't really seen this big of. We've seen her, you know, battle with who she is, um, and who her parents are, but we haven't since the Last Jedi. We haven't seen her struggle with a turn to the dark side nearly as much as this movie yeah.
0: enforces. Yeah, I mean, there's that whole scene involves her having a vision of mm-hmm. her dark side, which was right, kind of scary in the movie. It was but it in was. the trailer, I laughed. I did too. I it, thought it was a joke. I thought because yeah.
1: you had sent you sent me that trailer. Actually, is how I saw it for the first time. uh You had texted me the link to it, and I thought you texted me the link to a joke video, like a parody video that somebody had <laughs> edited. um Which is kind of sad to say, but
0: yeah, I remember I, I saw the trailer and I was totally on board with the trailer, and then that happened, and I was like. Something about that looked off. It didn't look real. I wasn't buying into that. And like you said, it was like, is this a fan trailer? I knew it wasn't, but it was like, that's fan trailer material.
1: Yeah. You know? So you send me stuff like that all the time. So I thought it was a fan trailer. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And even in, in the movie, when I was sitting in the theater, her dark side image, it just didn't really look amazing to me. Um, I don't know if that was an editing thing. I mean, I I guess obviously in the vision that she had in the vision that she has. While she's on, I guess, is that the original Death Star? Is that the Death yeah. Star Yeah, oh, Yeah,
0: no, the Death Star 2. That yeah. was the one that crashed from Return right. of the Jedi because you saw that throne room. Right, right. Where Darth Vader and Luke had that battle in front of Palpatine. Yeah. but um, Which also left me
1: wondering, like, why do we never know about that room off to the left of the throne room
0: with, like, all the weird crystal? Yeah. I thought that was kind of weird. I don't know. Oh, well. But that's okay. <laughs> I don't really care. Maybe, <laughs> they didn't have maybe time they to just explain didn't, everything. Yeah, maybe they just didn't go in. Well, I think they could have explained it if the movie had been about 30 minutes longer. Right. You know? Which, you know, I would not have hated. I would have been okay with that. I don't know why they didn't, because... Endgame is a similar movie to Rise of Skywalker, as in it ended a saga. Sure, you know it, it ended what they call—well, I guess technically, Spider-Man: Far from Home—but Endgame essentially ended this, the Infinity War saga. Mm-hmm. And it was three hours and I think two minutes.
1: Yeah, and, and this, this movie has a pretty short runtime, I would say, considering for what the it had ninth to Ninth movie in a series
0: that's been around for forty-two years, whereas right. Endgame was a movie that ended an eleven-year saga. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I thought that they could have done more. Uh, yeah, and given us a little bit more time with the film. I think that it was a good length, Mm -hmm. but I think that
0: it could have gotten away with a little bit more. Yeah. And that's something that I think is that lands on the fault of the producers. I agree. Um, Yeah. But that's something we can get into in a little bit. Sure. I kind of want to finish talking about um, some major plot points. So like you were saying, Kylo Ren, he has a pretty big uh, change in this film. He, um, Oops. He converts back to the light side Mm -hmm. and which I love to see. And a lot of people say it felt rushed, and that's fine. People can think that and that's totally okay, but a lot happened to him in one moment. Yeah. Like he's stabbed. He heard his mom's voice. His yeah. mom is using her entire power and giving her life to save him. Mm-hmm. And then he sees a uh I guess you could say it was a vision. Definitely I, wasn't I would a, force call it a
1: vision, yeah
0: he has a vision of his dad han solo and that was a um a really what word would you use for that
1: um i mean it was really nostalgic in the sense that you know obviously we have han solo back um not alive and living but in a vision and i i loved that whole fight and that whole moment yeah um i don't think that kylo going to the light side felt rushed cuz we've been I mean, we've known that he's been on the fence yeah. since his character was introduced.
0: Even in The Last Jedi, you see him contemplating whether to shoot the ship his mother's on. Right, Layout. exactly.
1: And he ultimately does not. He right. is not the one that shoots the ship. Um, And I think that his inner struggle throughout all three movies is really present. So I would not say that it came out of left field or that it was rushed yeah. or anything like that. We know that he... I mean, he has to pray, essentially, to Darth Vader. Like once a week or whatever yeah. in order to get, like stay on the dark side in the first
0: place. Yeah. Um, I think that moment with Han Solo was a, was one of the deeper moments in that movie. Mm-hmm. And the fact that all three of those things happened just in one time, plus I guess you could say fourth thing was Rey healing him. Yes. You know? Yeah. So all these major things have just happened to him and it kind of makes him go, Wow, I need to take a step back and evaluate everything. Yeah, and people can make quick decisions like that. People can make very quick decisions that are just on a whim,
1: especially under a lot of stress and pressure. And I mean, you know, I guess we are doing spoilers, so it's okay. But that's during like probably the biggest lightsaber fight in the whole film. Yeah, Um, it definitely
0: is. Definitely is. Um, and so yeah, I was totally okay with him switching back to the light side in that moment. The only thing I would say is I would like to have seen more of. Good Ben Solo. Yeah, or I guess not I've good seen ben, that. Just kind ben of Solo.
1: I've kind of seen that all over um, all the different social media platforms, and I agree. Um, they kept his Ben pretty short, and yeah, pretty sweet.
0: But the moments we got, I really liked. I really Me too. enjoyed them. I like seeing um, that scene where Ray was. About or you think she's about to take the lightsaber to strike down Palpatine. Yes. But they use their Force Connection FaceTime thingy yeah. <laughs> to, for Kylo Ren to take it and just wipe out the Knights of Ren.
1: Yeah, and he has such a Han Solo moment right there. Or yeah. A very obviously Ben Solo. It mimics
0: what he did in Return of the Jedi and when I, he walks I out of that, that building in Endor. Yeah, it really shows that he's a Solo, but he's also a Skywalker.
1: Yeah, and know? I mean, touching on this just slightly... I mean, that kind of gets to Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley as actors. Um, I think this is by far both of their best performances. I would completely agree. And I think they completely sold the movie to me. Um, yeah. I mean, Adam Driver as a conflicted and um, trying to make this decision with Ben Solo, I think he's so good. And I think he makes such a masterful change from Kylo Ren to Ben Solo. I mean, they, they're they totally different characters.
0: Yeah. Um. In the Last Jedi, the three main characters are just kind of disregarded. Ray yeah. is a nobody. Finn has this really stupid excursion to that Las Vegas and space planet. <laughs> and I this is an unpopular opinion, but I liked that sequence. Oh my but gosh. We can get to that another time. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that at all. <laughs> um, and and uh, Finn, no, I just mentioned Finn. Sorry, Poe is uh, just kind of set aside. Yeah. throughout the whole movie and. It just made me not care about any of the characters at all. And I went into this movie with very low expectations, like thinking it was going to be horrible. I read terrible reviews going into this movie, even though I saw it on the opening night. It was like from the press screenings, or I guess the red carpet night or whatever. But I thought all the characters were going to be poorly developed because I thought they were in The Last Jedi. So I was not hopeful going into this movie. But... I ended up really liking it. It's my favorite in the sequel trilogy. And I think I do agree with you that uh, Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver give their best performances in this trilogy. And I think they're both great actors.
1: I agree. You know, I think they both show an inner struggle really well, which I would
0: imagine is hard to do as an, as an actor. Yeah, um, for sure. So. Uh, so one thing I want to talk about is the original plan of this trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously Lucasfilm was sold to Disney. And George Lucas decided to give up his children, I guess you could say <laughs> and uh Kathleen Kennedy was um, selected to be the president of Lucasfilm mm-hmm. So I'm assuming it was her decision to have three different directors and three different screenwriters right essentially right um, maybe a group of people a different group of people for every movie in this trilogy to mimic what happened in the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. However, the main difference was that George Lucas was present for all movies in the trilogy. He was writing them, uh, or at least played a main role in writing them. In these movies, the original idea was to have a different person for every movie. The problem with that is that the story is not going to be consistent. So now we have a trilogy where each movie is undoing the one that came before it. So yeah. it makes the flow of this trilogy really uh it's clunky. clunky. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, same word at the same time. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, so definitely shows that it's clunky. Two people just said the same word at the same time. So yeah. uh it's like we said clunky and it could have had a much more organic flow if they had somebody present the whole time, like George Lucas was for the original They feel disconnected,
1: for sure. Um, Yeah. And I think that, unfortunately, you know, I feel like I've said this a couple times, but it does hold The Rise of Skywalker back. Um, You know, like I've said, I'm able to forgive it, uh, because I agree with the decisions that J.J. Abrams made in The Force Awakens, um, and also in this film, but it does ultimately hold this new movie and the whole new trilogy, the sequel trilogy, back quite a bit. Because, you know, that's one thing that, you know, love or hate the prequels, they do flow well. Yeah, that was Um, something I
0: was actually going to mention. They do have a really good flow. Yeah. As in, he tells a beginning, a middle, and an end. And it's not how I would have told that story. Sure. But he successfully tells what he wanted to tell. Yes. And whether, like you said, whether you like it or not, it tells a story that flows. Yeah. Whereas the sequels, you have The Last Jedi that disregards everything from The Force Awakens. And now The Rise of Skywalker essentially serves as a, like I've said multiple times, a metaphorical middle finger Mm -hmm. to The Last Jedi.
1: Yeah, to me, The Rise of Skywalker did not feel like a sequel to The Last Jedi. The Rise of Skywalker feels like the sequel to um, the second one in the series that J.J. Abrams didn't make. Um, It feels like J.J. Abrams was making a sequel to his imagining of what The Last Jedi should have I been. I think what
0: happened was he knew fans were upset with The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. and he had an original idea with what he wanted to do after The Force Awakens if he were going to have done that, um, but he didn't. So he came back once he got the chance and was like, I got to cram two movies in one, essentially. I don't know if he had that thought, but that's what it seems like. It's like the first half of the movie is his sequel to The Force Awakens. Right. And the second half is his ending. Yeah. So if it could have been three hours, it could have been a better, um, it could have been a more explained story, mm-hmm. more and more thorough story. Right. Um,
1: Like, I would love to have known about the
0: Wayfinders, like, yeah. before
1: this, <laughs> yeah. this movie. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> but it, uh, I don't know, I think, If J.J. Abrams had been there the whole time, I think this trilogy could have been great. Yeah. You know, I think it could have told a better story than the prequels um, and it would have felt more natural. Yeah. Um, But so the original plan was um, that J.J. Abrams was going to direct The Force Awakens. Ryan Johnson was going to direct The Last Jedi. Which stayed true. Right. And what didn't stay true was that Colin Trevorrow was originally going to direct. the Rise of Skywalker. Whatever he would have called it could have been different. Mm-hmm. But he's a guy who's been... I know he directed Jurassic World. And I'm not sure if he directed the second one. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. And from what I understand, they say that the reason he didn't can, uh, go on the path to direct this movie was because of creative differences or something along those right. lines. Right. Well, are. I'm
1: sure that was the professional way to say right. it. Right.
0: <laughs> but at the same time, I remember reading articles... When he got fired, that he was, um, he had a movie that flopped in the box office or something and got really bad reviews. And so that, I think, is the reason he ultimately got fired. Mm. So I think that uh, J.J. Abrams coming back was the best decision they could have made. But why, it's like, why did Kathleen Kennedy, who's the president of Lucasfilm, decide to have different people that aren't connected? Making these movies.
1: Yeah. Um, I think it would have been best, and I know, you know, this may not be correct, but because I don't know anything really about making film. But um, I think it would have been best to have someone with ultimate veto power, you know, to veto moments like Luke throwing his lightsaber over his shoulder in The Last Jedi, which I think is completely out of character. Um, I agree. Completely. But I think it would have been best to have someone to oversee all the decisions that were being made. Yeah. I think that would help the flow at least a little bit more if you do want to have different directors. Yeah. Um, I think that's fine, but you need someone to, to make sure everything stays on track a little.
0: Yeah, and I'm looking at... i got to pull it off my laptop right here. It, J.J. Abrams was the director, Ryan Johnson for the second one, and now it says that J.J. Abrams, obviously, he did The Rise of Skywalker, but it was going to be Colin Trevorrow. And mm. for each movie, they're different writers. Uh, however, on the other hand, The Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson was the director... And the screenwriter, right? So he was both, and he told the story he wanted to tell, whether you he like did. it or not. He did. Um, he definitely still told the story and successfully tells the story, but I don't like his story at all.
1: And um, I don't, I don't disagree with what Ryan Johnson was trying to do. Um he's He was trying to make a Luke Skywalker that wasn't a one-dimensional character. He yeah, he was trying to make a Luke Skywalker that also had his own personal demons. Mm-hmm. and i I think that's great. I think you know that helps you know Luke feel like a more three-dimensional character, a more well-rounded character. But I think, like I said earlier, it was poorly executed.
0: Yeah, what I appreciated about that aspect of his character was that he saw the flaw in the Jedi. Yeah. I thought that was interesting because that was something they kind of touched on in the prequels. Like, Qui Gon was a character they explored that with, but I like that he was trying to explore that more with Luke. However, the exposition to make us believe that was ridiculous. It was like, for a split second, I thought I could kill Kylo Ren and solve all the problems. I'm like, that's not Luke Skywalker. Yeah. That's, to me, that's just poor writing.
1: It it felt kind of stupid as opposed to, um, like, good, um, like a good vision.
0: Yeah, I think his goal was to subvert expectations, which he did, but I think... Yeah, he, he did yeah, do that. <laughs> I think ultimately he just disregarded them, and I think that was what he was setting out to do. And if you write a story as a sequel and if it naturally subverts expectations, I think that works better. But I, Which I, I think The Rise of Skywalker does. Yes, I, think I, I and it felt natural, but yeah. The Last Jedi doesn't. Yeah. And I think he was intentionally trying to do that, and I just think that was probably the wrong um step to take to make this i would sequel. Agree. and i think the sequel in a trilogy or the sorry the second movie in a trilogy i think is probably the most important because yeah. it gives you that bridge from the beginning to the end mm-hmm. and i think that movie aside from the producers is what to blame for this trilogy and the reason the flow is off so force <laughs> awakens told a story that was that used something that was familiar to unite the fan base after the prequels And then The Last Jedi split the fan base in half. And then The Rise of Skywalker flopped those sides. So everybody went back.
1: People who loved the movie now hate the movie.
0: Right. And vice versa. And a lot of people are saying things like, it ruined, like, Last Jedi ruined my childhood, all this type of stuff. I don't say that. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on online. I don't know if you've seen that, but people are getting very. (laughs) entitled to their opinions and how they think the movie should have gone, but ultimately the directors were lucky enough to make these movies, and we just kind of have to take the movies as they are and they're part of Star Wars, because Star Wars is something that has been made up as it goes along. Like in the original trilogy, George Lucas didn't even decide that Darth Vader was going to be Luke's dad until uh, right before they started filming this movie. I didn't know that. Yeah, so a lot of people are saying that this trilogy has just been made up as it goes along. They have no plan, and I'm like, Star Wars has never had a plan. I
1: mean, it's been that way. I think in the fan base since uh, the Force Awakens was announced, because I think there was this big fear that the new the new Star Wars movies headed by Disney was going to put a bad taste in everybody's mouth and was going to poison or like taint the water of the original
0: trilogy. Yeah,
1: um, which it's like. Did the prequels
0: not already do that? <laughs> yeah. But the thing I actually do admire about the prequels is that the atmosphere of those movies yes. are different. Yes, I agree. And it tells their its own unique story. And I like the lore of the prequels the best. And I would argue I that the lore of the prequels is the best of any of the trilogies.
1: Yeah, people really uh, rag on the prequels pretty hard. Um, I think a little too much.
0: I agree. I think like the Phantom Menace is a movie. I think that has a lot of potential. I think it Uh, does too. Attack of the Clones is a movie that I think is like George. What were you thinking, dude? What what are you trying to do with that movie? Betrayed by CGI. (laughs) That's a lot of the problems with Attack of the Clones. But I also I think Attack of the Clones should have been a movie about the Clone Wars. Yeah. You know, and then Revenge of the Sith stays the the way it was. Yeah. For the most part, maybe a couple dialogue issues or whatever, but.
1: I think one of the biggest downfalls of the prequel trilogy is the writing. I think that's probably one of the weakest points of all three movies. Um, Specifically Anakin's lines just feel dumb,
0: especially in attack of the clones. Yeah. There's like, Attack that's where he says I don't like
1: sand. Right? Yeah. I mean, he says that the sand thing and
0: just... then that the whole line where he talks about killing the Tusken Raiders. Yeah. It's 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 creepy. It makes me wonder why Padme fell in love with him. You know, it's, it just, definitely it's weird. Fe- it feels a little weird. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest problem with the prequels uh, is the dialogue. But yeah, George Lucas crammed himself into too many jobs for the prequels he was a writer he was a director he was trying to do as much as he can and the reason i think the originals worked so well is because he directed a new hope he wrote it he came up with the idea of star wars which to me is incredible but he decided to take a step back and let some other people do the directing while he can do some more of the important things not that directing isn't important but some um, more vision things correct he he He's uh, big picture stuff. Yeah. But that is also what directors are trying to do is they're the visionary yeah. of the movie. But George Lucas, I think, was trying to make sure he could kind of oversee everything that was happening. Yeah. When he can't really do that as a director. No. You know, so I think that's ultimately what he was trying to do. And I think that's what they should have had people do in the sequel trilogy. I you know, agree. Like, I
1: think that's what the sequel trilogy is lacking.
0: Yeah. Somebody that's there. Constantly Mm -hmm. having some different people for every movie, in my opinion, is a stupid decision, sure. Um, but ultimately, that's what they ended up doing, and now we have movies that are uh reversing every movie that came before it, Mm -hmm. and it messes up the flow, it doesn't mess up the trilogy for me. I'm just not a huge fan of The Last Jedi, you know. Uh,
1: Yeah, I like The Last Jedi in isolation, but as a movie. That is part of a series, or part of a trilogy, or a saga.
0: It doesn't feel good. I think it's a bad Star Wars movie. I think it tells okay. the story successfully. It does what a movie needs to do. Yeah. But as a Star Wars movie, it sucks. Yeah. I think it's horrible as a Star Wars movie. It just completely retconned the rise. Of, uh, sorry, the the Force Awakens, and I just don't think that was the best decision to make. Yeah, have made. I think that's unfortunate. Yeah, because I feel like that movie had so much potential,
1: and there are some. I think speaking in terms of cinematography,
0: I think that movie has some beautiful uh, scenes. Yeah. In the Rise of or not, sorry, in the Skywalker saga, I think The Last Jedi probably has the best cinematography. Yeah. Of I all nine movies. I would probably agree. But I would probably say Rogue One has the best cinematography of any Star Wars movie. Sure. You know, I think um, that is one thing that Rogue One, which you know, steps a little bit into our ranking, but Rogue One
1: ranks pretty highly for me. Yeah, because it really stepped out of the box in terms of cinematography for Star Wars. It was very different, and it was oh, yeah. well. It was well. That was, produced. That's my
0: favorite aspect of that movie is the cinematography. But, but yeah, I, I do think the Last Jedi is a movie that has the best cinematography of the Skywalker saga, the mm-hmm. nine, the nine movies, the three trilogies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think really every movie in the sequel trilogy has good cinematography, but. The Last Jedi takes the cake there. Yeah. I will say that. I wrote a review on Letterboxd for every Star Wars movie. And yeah, which, the only... by the
1: way, all you listeners, McNeil has written tons of reviews on Letterboxd. You should
0: definitely go check those yeah, out. You definitely for follow me there. Letterboxd. More content. It's a website. You can find it on a computer and you can also download it on an app onto your smartphone. So I wrote a review on every Star Wars movie. Uh, as I marathoned them leading up to the Rise of Skywalker, and the only thing positive I said about The Last Jedi was cinematography. Yeah. I gave that movie one star on Letterboxd. Really? That's it, just one Mm -hmm. star. And I I also did that for Attack of the Clones. Everything else is at least three to five, you know? But The Last Jedi, I just... I can't stand that movie. I really can't. As a Star Wars movie, as a standalone movie, if Star Wars did not exist, this movie... Would be good if to introduce me to the Star Wars world, I'd be like, This is kind of cool, mm-hmm. but it, it's the eighth movie in the Skywalker saga, and, and it falls short. It to me, it's like almost offensive <laughs> because it disregards everything that I was looking forward to. And maybe yeah. that's the problem I was looking forward to all these answers, and it didn't give it to me. But because of that one movie, and some of the decisions that the producers made about how to tell a story, and how there's nobody that's there consistently through all the movies. I think those are the two main problems with why the rise of Skywalker is a movie that feels really paced or really fast paced. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, but I, but like we said, you know, you know, I can forgive that flaw. And there's also flaws in every Star Wars movie. Like people say things like yeah, Ky- "Kylo mean, Ren turned too fast." It's like, well, Luke was a farm boy and went to really quick to destroying a Death Star. Yes, <laughs> <You>
1: yeah. <know? laughs> in one film, he yeah. he is now destroying and Leia's entire killers. Yeah,
0: and Leia's entire planet was killed right in front of her face, and she just starts cracking jokes with Han Solo pretty quick after that. That's true. A lot of people die. And a new hope that Luke was close to his aunt and uncle who raised him, probably billions of people. Yeah. His aunt and uncle who raised him, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi and one of his pilot buddies. I can't remember his name, but, Mm. um, they all die and Luke's cheering. I mean, I think (laughs) each, I think each one of them has pretty,
1: pretty big issues, but you know, as fans, we forgive those things. Because of the amazing universe that we've been presented with. Yeah. Um, and I think the quality of the plot lines in general, you mm-hmm. know, save the, save the series.
0: Yeah, I think that suspension of disbelief is something that is a really important thing <laughs> yeah. to use in Star Wars. Because yeah. people don't see the flaws in the originals. And are saying that the Rise of Skywalker has these flaws that are completely unique to right. that movie. And they don't exist anywhere else other than the prequels. And that's just not true. Like, even The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, all of them have flaws. Some of them more than others, but some of the flaws are similar. Like, the flaws The Rise of Skywalker has regarding its pacing and things that are not entirely explained aren't unique to the trilogy. Or not just the trilogy, but the entire saga, you know? Yeah. So I just wish that's something that the fan base would acknowledge and um, would have more respectful conversations about people's opinions. Yeah.
1: And I mean, we probably sound like we're completely ragging on Last Jedi fans. Like I said earlier, you know, you're entitled to your own opinion. And I do feel bad for Last Jedi fans. Um, And I understand why you would like that movie, but I just personally, it doesn't sit well with me.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. So, with that in mind, let's rank all 11 Star Wars movies. So, the way I think we should do this is, and we'll make this quick, I don't want to jump too much into each movie we talk about, but. Uh, right, we're gonna include the spinoffs and all the Skywalker movies, yep, the obviously Star Wars story films. Yeah. Yes. So all eleven Star Wars movies, and I think that you can start with your eleven. Okay. I'll go to my eleven, and we'll just go back and forth like that.
1: Sure. Uh, so you want to go one at a time for yeah. each of us? Okay. Mm-hmm. So my number one film. You want to start with number one?
0: No, never start from worst to best. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Very good.
1: Uh, My least favorite Star Wars movie out of all of them is Attack of the Clones, Episode 2. Okay.
0: Mine is The Last Jedi, Episode 8. We don't need to elaborate on why. Everybody knows why I don't like this movie now, because we have gone into thorough explanation as to why I don't like The Last Jedi. (laughs)
1: Uh, (laughs) um, I don't like Attack of the Clones because I think it's betrayed, like I said, by CGI. Uh, That was a big thing, you know, in those years. And I just think that it was a poor. It choice. It doesn't hold up. It was a poor choice to make up. every single clone CGI. That movie has a lot
0: of problems, but but that's my problem. Yeah. Uh,
1: my tenth, um, in my ranking is Solo, a Star Wars story. Really? Yes.
0: Wow. I thought it'd be just a little bit higher than that, but yeah, yeah, I, right, did, so too. My number, I did. My number, my number ten is Attack of the Clones. So okay. you and I pretty much dislike Attack of the Clones equally. Yeah. Yeah, almost. So Solo um, is your number ten.
1: Yeah. Why? And, okay. I when the cast list came out for that film, I was thoroughly disappointed, other I than was probably skeptical. Donald Glover. Um I thought that he could actually pull Lando off. I was not confident in um I don't know the guy's name that played.
0: Alden um, Einrich or something like that.
1: Okay. Well, I was skeptical of him uh, pretty fiercely. When the movie actually came out, I I liked it. I like all Star Wars movies, yeah. but that just For some reason, you know, Darth Maul felt a little random at the end. I thought it was awesome. (laughs) I thought it was awesome, but a little far fetched. So, yeah, he
0: didn't have to pull out his lightsaber. That was just kind of random. I don't
1: dislike that film, but it does fall at the bottom. I think it's a little uninteresting. That's fair. Um, Which is disappointing because Han Solo is my favorite character in all of Star Wars.
0: Yeah. So, okay, so you go Attack of the Clones and Solo, and for me it's The Last Jedi, then Attack of the Clones. So mm-hmm. what's your number nine? My number nine is The Last Jedi. Okay, mine is The Phantom Menace. Okay. Uh, the Phantom Menace is a movie, like I said before, I think it had a lot of potential. I yeah. think if that was a movie that had kind of mimicked A New Hope in a way with Luke, how he was 19 and Anakin could have been that age, I think the movie could have been a lot better, and that would have solved a lot of the problems.
1: Yeah, the but, reason My Last Jedi ranks one above Solo is because I think the second half of The Last Jedi, after Leia like weirdly floats through space, Leia Poppins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no kidding. Um, after she like does that whole thing, I think the movie actually cleans itself up a lot. I think Crate is a really interesting planet. I like the battle on Crate. I like how um, Luke says goodbye, um, you, you know, and develops into a force ghost.
0: I agree. There's definitely some cool moments there, but there's yeah. just a lot that just doesn't work for me. Like Finn, yeah. I thought he was going to make that sacrifice. And there's was, also
1: a lot of sacrifices in that movie. I counted last time. There's like six really people who sacrificed <laughs> oh, yeah, like,
0: themselves. Um, Akbar, mm-hmm. he sacrificed Holdo. Uh, yep. Finn was going to. Yeah, he tried. That would have been cool. That would have been the only moment in that movie that would have had some emotional payoff. Mm-hmm. But Rose had to ruin that entire moment.
1: Anywho, mm-hmm. moving on to number eight. Yeah. Uh my number eight is the Phantom Menace. So we you and I are just
0: going back and forth. Yeah, that's we're kinda swapping. swapping some uh <laughs> my number eight is Hang on, I gotta pull this up. I can't yeah, remember. I'm reading it straight up. Let off, me so. let me pull this up. Uh my number eight. <laughs> I gotta go to my list
1: now. The reason the Phantom Menace is number eight for me.
0: That that's a good way to um, go on while I'm I think like mine.
1: you said, it has a lot of potential. Um that also might be a nostalgia thing me um Mm -hmm. you know I grew up with the prequel trilogy same um and so I actually have a lot of love for that um and I think that the story of finding Anakin with Qui-Gon
0: Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi I think is really interesting Mm -hmm. I just wish that story could have been a little bit different sure and um would have been more about Anakin as a Jedi I kind of just wish the prequels in general were about the fall of Anakin not the discovery of him because I think that would have if you made him more of like a charismatic, good guy, I think the movie or all three movies just could have told the story of Anakin much better. Rather than jumping from actor to actor, right? In the first two episodes and ten years, and I don't know, there's just some clunky uh, pieces of exposition in those movies. But Phantom Menace is a movie that I do not hate. I think it's got some good moments. I enjoy watching the movie. I think it's got some good moments. There are some moments I don't like. I think it's um, got a great lightsaber
1: fight. Um, in yeah. terms of like just ranking lightsaber fights, I guess uh, I think that's a pretty good
0: one. Okay, so I remember my number eight now. That's good. You were gonna hate me for this, okay? And I'm sorry. I'm gonna apologize to anybody that dislikes Rogue One, but Rogue One <laughs> <laughs> is my number. No, sorry, I'm gonna apologize to people that like Rogue One, like me. Right? Yeah. So uh, Rogue One is a movie that uh, I like. I think it's got some really cool moments. My favorite moment in the movie is Darth Vader showing up at the end, just that, kicking butt. That is butt. a quality scene. That is one of my favorite moments in Star Wars. Yes, um, but I just don't care about the characters in that movie. I don't sure. care about the characters because I mean they do all die. And I knew that going into the movie. Not that it was a spoiler. It's just this movie to me kind of felt like a money grab. You know, really from Disney.
1: Yeah, I I, I disagree. Um, I thought they were able to flesh the characters out enough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I always did wonder, how do they get these plans? Like, how does that happen? And I think that Rogue One um, is able to take a very different look at the universe of Star Wars. I agree. It, it's it's gritty and grimy and war
0: is re- not pretty in this it movie. It really shows the war aspect. Which I, yeah. I loved. I thought I it didn't. was great. Yeah, that's something I really liked. But I thought the action of this movie, some of the best action in the entire franchise. Oh, yeah. The cinematography, like like we said earlier. Also, but, I think its villain is fantastic. But he, I think going does in, a great job. Yeah, I would agree there. But I think the characters, like the main characters, going into this movie, I just kind of knew they were gonna die, mm-hmm. and that it wasn't gonna end pretty for them. Sure. And I just felt disconnected from the characters. And I'm somebody that really needs to feel some sort of attachment to a character in a movie, or else I'm just gonna be taken out of the movie completely.
1: I think I'm just a sucker for lore. And so <laughs> yeah. this movie is able to win yeah. me over. <laughs>
0: I, that's the thing with the prequels. There's some good lore, but there are some yeah. characters that I like in there. Like Qui-Gon is one of my favorite characters mm-hmm. in the entire saga. And mm-hmm. um, I'm able to connect with that character, whereas Rogue One, I can't find any character in there. So I kind of become unattached to that movie, and that's why it falls my number eight. Sure. But uh, So what's your number seven? Yeah, we're
1: moving on to seven
0: here. Uh, episode three,
1: Revenge of the Sith. Really? Yes, I hate you. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I I knew you were gonna. I knew you were gonna not like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, it. It is my highest rank of
0: the prequel trilogy. I think pretty much everybody, ninety nine percent of people, could probably agree with you there.
1: And I, I did not think that that was gonna be the case when I sat down to do my um twenty nineteen ranking. Um. Your rewatch. Yeah, my rewatch. Yeah. I rewatched all the films before I went to see Rise of Skywalker, and um, I was not expecting it to be that low because, like I said, I grew up with those movies. Um, mm-hmm. I think it does a good job of showing Anakin's more. I think it does a good job of showing his downfall. Um, I would agree. But, you know, it just it couldn't hold up to the rest for me.
0: So, my number seven is Solo. So, overall, our bottom five are pretty similar. With yeah two that are the exception, but yeah solo is my number seven. I like this movie. I actually really do enjoy it. I like seeing the background upon solo mm-hmm. um knowing where he came from is pretty cool, kind of just seeing what what his life was like before the original trilogy I thought was interesting and I really liked the actors in the movie and how they paid him uh they paid, paid a homage. homage yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I was trying to say for some they reason paid was... homage they <laughs> paid a homage <laughs> they paid homage to um uh the characters of the original trilogy really well, especially uh Donald Glover, childish Gambino as yeah um
1: man that Lando. guy does everything doesn't he? <laughs> he does everything he
0: was in Spider Man was he? He was in Spider Man homecoming, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, Back yeah, to Star so Wars. Solo's my number seven, <laughs> I actually really like that movie. It's just not a really special movie. Yeah. You know? Sure. Hey, there's nothing super special about it other than it's just kind of a cool adventure movie. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. It's just a little underrated But I enjoy it. I think yeah. I guess I enjoy it more than you do. I yeah. enjoy it. It's just it's just a little uninteresting. But you like it less than the Last Jedi, <laughs> right? Yeah. Somehow that happened. Yeah. All right. So what's your number six? My number six is A New
1: Hope. The classic. Really? Yeah. Wow. Which might be a little low. Wow. But you know that's that's where it fell. Um, it's my lowest rank of the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a great movie. I think it's really fun to watch. I think it's a great introduction to star wars as a whole
0: completely agree there. i think
1: it's fantastic um i really like what the characters are doing i think it's a great movie um yeah but i think you know the rest of my list is better yeah
0: my number six is the force awakens mm. that sorry, hurts buddy. me a little bit sorry buddy I love but that yeah film. the force awakens i from this for number six here on out yeah. i love all these movies yes some of the ones below i like and then Two, I don't really like, but The Force Awakens is the first one in this list that I really, really like. Yeah. You and I went to see that the opening night when it came out uh, four years ago. And that was one of the
1: Clone Trooper
0: onesies. Yeah, Clone Trooper onesies. And that was one of the coolest, if not the coolest, theater experience I've ever had in my entire life. I would completely agree. That was. We also
1: had a great audience to sit with. Yeah. Um I don't think that other people probably had that same exact uh experience because our audience was great. You know, everybody that was, was cheering during yeah. the opening crawl. People
0: were all dressed up with oh, whoever, yeah. random characters and we stuff. We had to fight for our seats, <laughs> yeah. which was great. There is a long story behind that that we're not going to get into, but uh <laughs> yeah, but Force Awakens is a movie that I really love. It's really nostalgic for me. Probably mm-hmm. the most nostalgic of all of them. I might want to take that back. (laughs) But that movie is really nostalgic for me just because of that experience I had in the theaters. Yeah, that was a good time. Um, But, yeah, I really like this movie. My only problem with it is that it is way too similar to A New Hope. Yeah. And I just... It it is
1: very similar. The plot
0: line is almost exactly the same. And being familiar is something that I really respect J.J. Abrams doing. I think that is a really smart move. I just wish there was a couple plot points that were a little bit different. Sure. I I agree. I think that was his smartest choice. Great way to unite a fan base.
1: With it, you know, this is the first Star Wars movie in uh, I don't even know how many years. I think it was was 10 years at that point. Yeah, Yeah. okay. It's the first Star Wars movie in 10 years. I mean, he had a chance to, to make something Good, mm-hmm. and he had a, cha- a very big chance to ruin an entire series of films.
0: Definitely. I was very worried going yeah. into it, but excited. Yes. And ultimately, I ended up loving the movie. I still love this movie. I watch it every now and then. And I think it's great. But I just wish there was a, just a little bit of something that could have distinguished itself mm-hmm. from A New Hope. But, yeah, so A New Hope's your number six. Force Awakens, my number six. All right. What's your number five?
1: Moving on to number five, I have Return of the Jedi. Really? Yes. Okay.
0: My number five is A New Hope. Mm. So. Okay,
1: so we just switched there. Uh yeah. <laughs> You know, at the bottom of our ranks, you and I were just going back and forth, but uh mm-hmm. with this one, we're quite different. Yeah. Um, I think Return of the Jedi... It it does everything that a New Hope does well. Mm-hmm. You know, the characters are great. Um, I think I think it's a quality film all around. I think the plot is interesting. I think the characters are developed well, um, but they're not a big departure from what they were previously. Um and I think it's it's almost just a better version of a new hope for
0: me. Yeah. Um so A New Hope, like I said, is my number five. The only reason I have this movie above number six mm-hmm or The Force Awakens, which was my number six, is because it's the original version of that story. And it's the original Star Wars. And I really like this movie. When I was younger, like, when I was younger than 10 years old, uh, I always thought this movie was slow, boring. I never really liked that movie until the past few years. And then I really clicked with it when I watched it um, this time around. Mm -hmm. It was the first movie I watched, and I marathoned it. I watched them in the order they were released.
1: That's and, an interesting
0: way to do it. Yeah, and just kind of starting with that, everything is really interesting because it made me realize that George Lucas just thought all this up. Yeah, It didn't come from anything but his brain. And right. it was completely unique. Nothing had like this had been done before. And I'd, because it's the original version of the story, I just have to put it above The Force Awakens. I think The Force Awakens is more entertaining. I think it has a better third act. Mm-hmm. But I really love the story of A New Hope. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your number four?
1: My number four is The Empire Strikes Back. I have all the um, original trilogy back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Um, so, yeah, episode five. Okay. For me, it's Rise of Skywalker. Mm. Okay. That's my number four. Okay. Um, so, yeah. I, I think The Empire Strikes Back is uh, the highest of the original trilogy for me, um, which was another surprise during my December mm. uh, 2019 rewatch. Um I was not expecting that order. I thought Return would be my favorite um, mm. of the originals. But Empire Strikes Back, I think it was. It does everything that the other two do. It's really interesting, like I said. But it was able to hold my attention better. Yeah. I don't know if I had just seen it less times. But for some reason, it was able to hold my attention just a little bit more yeah. than the other two are. I get a little, you know, uh, stir crazy sometimes with yeah. the other two. And I didn't do that with this one.
0: That's fair. Uh, Yeah, so The Rise of Skywalker for me is my number four, and it's just because I just really liked it. It's really entertaining. Mm -hmm. I love how it is a course correction for the sequel trilogy. Yes. And I think (laughs) it it serves as a very satisfying conclusion to the Skywalker saga. Mm -hmm. Even though it's rushed, it's paced really fast, and there are some things that are uh, not explained as thoroughly as we would wish— Given what this movie had to do, I think it serves as a very satisfying conclusion to the Skywalker saga. Sweet. you know, Sweet. And there's um, not much I would have wanted done differently. Mm. I just w- would have wanted it a little bit more. Like I just would have wanted it to be longer, and I think that's why it is only number four and can't get any higher. Okay. So my number four was Rise of Skywalker. Yours was Empire Strikes Back. Correct. 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 Okay. So... Moving on to our top yeah, three. Three left. Yeah. So what's your number three?
1: Um, my number three is Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Wow. Yeah, I, I loved that film. Um, yeah, I know. I know like I do. said earlier, you know, it really takes a different look at the world of Star it Wars really from just a, a pure war standpoint. Yeah. Um And I think it does a great job. Yeah. I think, it's, I think it's brutal, and I think it had to be brutal.
0: I agree. I I got what I wanted out of that movie from an action standpoint, mm-hmm. from um, a cinematography standpoint. Not necessarily from a character standpoint, but sure. My number three is The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I know a lot of people have this movie their number one. But, yes,
1: that is a common number one, which is
0: fine. But I'm not a very conventional person, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and that's not the reason I'm putting it at my number three. It's just I like two more better than this one. Um, yeah, don't give them away. But I, one of the things that I really love about this movie is the Boss scenes. Really?
1: And you I, know, that is what I think holds it back the most. I know
0: you and I talked about that yesterday and I just, I really like, you know, Yoda's my favorite character. So I'm somewhat biased there. Sure. But I mean, that makes sense then. Yeah. But I really think it's interesting, especially the way I watch these in release order. Um, a New Hope starts it off with like kind of like, what is the Force? It's this big mystery. Right. It's really mysterious. There's a lot of things that are just kind of unknown about it. It's just this. <laughs> it's, a big, it's a big mystery. It's real mysterious. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> anyway, A New Hope, I think, does a really good job at, you know, kind of delivering the Force in a very mysterious way. And you still don't quite understand what it is by the end of that movie, but Empire Strikes Back does a really good job at expanding it. Yeah, in a way that is really cool, but still leaves it mysterious. Yeah, you, know, you right. still don't have all the answers. You can still kind of have your own interpretation, and that's what I really like about it. And I really, just really, I really enjoy those uh, scenes on Dagobah with Luke and Yoda. I think they're really cool. And then also uh, the most obvious moment in that movie is the uh, really iconic scene where Luke finds out that Darth Vader is his dad. Yes, you know that's just really cool. Yes. Other than Luke's still just kind of whiny in the movie. Like he isn't a new hope. But in uh Return of the Jedi, I think it pays off. Yeah. And it makes sense for him to start off as wine. He's just this farm boy is being held back
1: Yeah and by then, his,
0: uh, his
1: parental guardians, technically. Yeah,
0: his aunt and uncle. But then by the end of Return of the Jedi, he's just like this really cool character that's really confident, you mm-hmm. know. And I think seeing that arc is interesting. And yeah, Empire is just a movie that Uh, I think resonates with me really well. And it's my number three. So, all right, top two. Down to two here. Two more. What is your number two? You can probably guess what they are. Yeah, if people uh, have the skill to do process of elimination. Right.
1: (laughs) Both of mine are uh, sequel trilogy films.
0: Wow. My number two. That is
1: controversial for sure. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, My number two Star Wars movie of all time is The Force Awakens. Wow. I... I love.
0: By the way, I've been shouting out Owen Wilson this whole time with my wows.
1: Yeah, you have actually. Who's <laughs> not in any of these films? Nope, even close. But we're
0: talking about movies, so it works. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, Force Awakens to me. Uh, you talked about about this a little bit earlier. Um, it's extremely nostalgic for me. You yeah. know, I was with you when we went to see it. Um, I loved that experience, but I also just love that film. I think mm-hmm. it was really well made. I think they had to come out of the gate with something familiar, or else people were going to hate it if they made too many jumps. Yeah, um, for sure, away from what has already been done. And I love, I love it. I think it's great.
0: Yeah. Um, I think another thing that another reason you really like it is the Han Solo scene. That I right that Han was Solo, something that it, Han Solo
1: is my favorite character. Like I scene, said
0: earlier, and. That scene is well done. It really touched you. I remember I looked over and you were like bawling. Yeah,
1: I will not, I will not lie. I (laughs) cried when Han Solo That
0: It was, and then we left the theater and you and I were in the car and you were just like in awe from that movie. Yeah. I could tell like, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it, but. I was blown away. Yeah, you were just like flabbergasted. (laughs) I I
1: loved it. I thought it it did a great job. Also, BB-8. You know, it's his first film. I think he's a really good, charming yeah, droid. I agree. Um,
0: I think all the characters in this movie worked really well. Like, I was yeah. sold with the characters. And it was then, funny,
1: which Star Wars should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't too funny.
0: Yeah, like The Last Jedi, I think the humor in that one was more like Marvel humor.
1: Yeah, it was definitely more like It was more mockery blockbuster humor. Whereas The yeah. Force
0: Awakens humor was very natural. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's more I, like witty. Yeah. And Star Wars should be witty humor. Yeah. Know? So my number two is Return of the Jedi. This is my favorite of the original trilogy. I really like this movie. It's uh I think the main reason I like this movie is because you start off in Jabba's Palace with all the main characters that have you've gone on this adventure with through the original trilogy. Yes. And you see after like I think it takes place a year after The Empire Strikes Back, and they're just a really strong team. And oh I, yeah. I'm a I'm a sucker for Movies that tell a yeah, really good... Yeah, you're like Mr. MCU. Yeah, I, I really love Avengers. the Avengers. Yeah. I like movies that tell stories about a team that works well together. <laughs> yeah. And this movie really does that, I think, especially with the first 30, 40 minutes, however long that scene is, Java Palace. And I know a lot of people say that scene is too long, it doesn't belong in the movie. It feels like its own little prequel to the actual Return of the Jedi movie. I disagree
1: with that. I think that's a. I think that's a uh, scene that fits well.
0: I or agree. a Sequence. And I, I think say, it I guess shows how well. strong they all work together as a team. Yeah. Deep, Leia, Han, Lando, Chewie, C three PO. It's R2 fun D2. to watch. That is. It's, it's a really fun, fun scene. And I just. I also really like conclusions. Mm-hmm. I really like conclusions, and it's a really satisfying conclusion in my opinion. And people really hate on the Ewoks too much in this movie. And the Ewoks are freaking awesome. Yeah, they're they're great. They help defeat the Empire, and I don't care what anybody thinks, the Ewoks rule. They they are awesome. So if you don't like them, that's fine.
1: I love them. They're way better than the Gungans. Yeah,
0: (laughs) way better than... Talk about creatures. Yeah, Uh, gosh. So, Star Wars fan base. Wow. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, but I, I just really like everything about this movie. I don't really have... Any flaws with it other than Leia randomly saying, uh, I guess this isn't a flaw with Return of the Jedi. I guess this would be on the prequels, but um, Leia saying she remembers everything about her mom. Yeah. That, and then. That might be a flaw in logic, but, you know. It's just it's, it's, Star a, Wars, it's so. a logic flaw. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You can find all these flaws in every Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, just because there are these random plot holes, it doesn't mean it's I'm not going to rank Wars. it high. You know. Right. It's Star Wars. They're all going to have the plot holes. But yeah, so Return of the Jedi is my number two. Force Awakens is your number number two. two. So our number one, if you haven't figured out what our number ones are already.
1: Yeah, the big reveal here, um, The Rise of Skywalker, my number one Star Wars film of all time.
0: If you don't like the movie, please don't stop Listening. listening. Yeah. Yeah. Don't stop listening just because Tucker likes The Rise of Skywalker this much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great, um,
1: but I'm also, you know, a sucker just for hoorah moments, and this movie has some big hoorah. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout the whole thing, uh, I, you know, say what you will about the opening crawl, making you assume a lot of things. I agree, but I, I got over it. Um, I also... I really like when movies have a big emotional connection with audiences, Yeah, and I think that this movie is all about emotion. I mean, that scene where Kylo hears Leia call out to him, and then Ray stabs him in the gut or Mm -hmm. whatever, that is great. And that is a super emotional scene. That's my favorite lightsaber fight of all time because of how much emotion is riding through these characters. Yeah. I just thought it was really well done. Um, there are things that I would change.
0: One of the most emotional scenes in that movie but... for me was when Rey's on the ground. She's saying, be with me to yeah. the force, I guess. And you hear the voice of literally every Jedi ever. Yeah. And it was awesome. And I was literally sitting there like with my mouth on the ground yeah, because I heard... Qui-Gon's voice <laughs> and Yoda's voice and Mace Windu's voice everybody's voice even voices from the clone wars you know so mm-hmm. i totally agree with you that this movie is definitely about emotion oh yeah you
1: know and i i think that it it really drove home yeah, the and emotion
0: it, it really paid homage to the originals not so much oh, the yeah. prequels but with that moment it did you know yeah and, and there were a
1: lot of scenes that just they just felt classic yeah. I think it was the way that they were uh, filmed, um, but it, they just felt like an old Star Wars movie. Yeah. Which was really cool.
0: Yeah. It, it definitely felt more more like a Star Wars movie again, just like The Force yeah. Awakens. Right. Um, but yeah, so my number one is Revenge of the Sith. And also, <laughs> oh. if you don't like this movie, don't stop listening. This is the fun. We all have different opinions, you know. Just because you like Empire Strikes Back doesn't mean it's the best. I'm not saying Revenge of the Sith is the best. It has problems, but it's my favorite. Because, it definitely has problems, but that's okay. Yeah. I was five years old and I saw this movie. I didn't see it in the theaters. Force Awakens was the first I saw it in the theaters, but Revenge of the really? Sith is a movie that um, I watched when it came out, and I remember watching it. And that's the movie that made me fall in love with movies. Like ever since then, I have realized that movies kind of meant more to me than it did to more people. Like just the average movie goer, they might go once every other month or something. And where you got me, I go like every day <laughs> not every day but i go, go a, lot. a lot yeah but so um, it's, so it's a pretty big nostalgia thing for you, would you it say? is yeah. yeah that's why i took it back when i said the force awakens was the most nostalgic for me mm-hmm. revenge of the sith is definitely hands down the most nostalgic for me i just i really like i like dark stories mm-hmm. and this is the darkest star wars movie i would say for sure because it's yeah. about it doesn't have a happy happy ending Oh no! It's got pretty much the opposite. Yeah, and I, I like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but I really like that. Uh, Anakin, I I bought Hayden Christensen's performance as Anakin turning to the dark side. It does happen fast. I will say that because he's basically just like I pledge I mean, myself. Yeah,
1: but I mean Padme also. I mean you're talking about Padme. Padme. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to say it like that. Padme. Uh, I mean she. He sees her death. He sees the love of his life die mm-hmm. in his dreams.
0: And people have problems with her dying from a broken heart. But that actually happens. Yeah, I don't necessarily have syndrome. a problem with that.
1: Yeah. I don't either. Um
0: I mean it is kind of a plot convenience.
1: Yeah, sure. But She's also in childbirth. So like And you can a little bit that. I don't it on have that. a huge
0: problem with that. Could have been handled a little better. Yeah. But and especially if Leia remembers her. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of like, you know, whatever, I forgive it. Yeah. But the lightsaber battle in this movie is choreographed really well. I think, I know you have problems with it, but it for me, is it's like, like eleven minutes long or whatever. I don't care. I love it. Like to me, it makes sense why they're able to fight the way they do in the prequels because they have the Force. Yeah, you know, and it just makes sense. If they're Force users, why aren't they fighting like that? Whereas you got a New Hope, they're just kind of poking each other's <laughs> <laughs> poking just, each other's what. <laughs> They're just, they're poking each other with a stick, you know? That's what it looks yeah. like. They're just kind of...
1: It's a little lackluster.
0: Yeah, and so Revenge of the Sith, I just think I, it does it really well. Uh, I love the fall, the story of the fall of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Um, there are some ridiculous things in this movie, yes. There are in every Star Wars movie, but this is... This has my favorite ridiculous moments. <laughs> sure, yes, you could say that's fair. And uh, nostalgia is a strong thing. Yeah, and and again, these movies aren't ranked by what we think is the best. They're ranked no. by our favorite. Yeah, no. this is very subjective, and I, I think that's the fun when it comes to ranking things. You know, you yeah. rank things by your personal favorite, and you can find people that have the same opinions. Find people have total opposite opinions of you, but um, especially Star Wars, people hold hold the series so close it's to their important heart. In a, you know, three or four generations at this point. Yeah, and and, that's really cool. Yeah, and I think it's something that people need to remember and acknowledge because online, nobody's having respectful conversations. It's, right. if you have a different opinion, you're the worst person ever, you right. know? And it's just ridiculous. So I think people need to um, respect everybody's opinions a little bit better than what's happening right now just because the sequel trilogy's kind of divided the fan base. It has. but But yeah, I think... Range of the Sith is my favorite. Rise of Skywalker is your favorite. If somebody doesn't like our opinion, that's fine. That's okay. That's all right. You have your opinion. We are all entitled to our own opinions, and neither one of us are right or wrong. This is all subjective, and it's the fun of this. You can follow me on Letterboxd. L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D. The only reason I spelled that is because there is no E in the word boxed. You could have just said that. Well, I didn't. <laughs> so, yeah, there is your spelling lesson of the day. That is how you spell letterbox. You can download that app on your smartphone. You can find the website online. I write reviews on. Way a lot more of, than
1: just Star Wars.
0: Yeah, a lot more than just Star Wars. I haven't written a ton of, of reviews, but I did write one for every Star Wars movie of the Skywalker saga. You can check out my page. Um, You can follow Tucker on Instagram. What is your Instagram, Tucker? um,
1: Let me look here. I believe it is just Tucker Wolf. That would be... Yep, Tucker. uh, T-U-C-K-E-R-Wolf. W-U-L-F-F. I'm on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook.
0: You can find me on Instagram at underscore underscore M-C-N-E-I-L-L underscore Sweet McNeil.
1: Well, uh, thank you so much for having me, McNeil. I had a I had a great time, and I yeah, hope to man. come back thanks soon. Thanks
0: for thanks for coming. I'll definitely have you back on podcast again. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. If you listened throughout this entire podcast, congratulations, you made it to the end, and that means that you can hear this message to stick around to listen to my podcast next week. Next week, I will be ranking my top ten comic book movies of the two thousand tens, and I'm bringing in one of my friends. Not entirely sure who that's going to be yet, but I have a good idea, and You can hear our opinions on the top 10 comic book movies of the 2010s, and thank you for listening.